Hello and welcome to Chairside, conversations about careers in dentistry. This podcast series from the British Dental Association and sponsored by BDJ Jobs explores the unlimited, unexpected and maybe even unknown opportunities that qualifying as a dentist opens up to you. I'm Andrea Ogden, a general dental practitioner and the BDA's undergraduate and career development lead. In each episode, I'll be joined by dental professionals who discuss their journey and the paths they took that changed the course of their career. Today, we're talking about kids, community, and secure environments. The reason being is because all three of these areas so often inspire curiosity and questions when I meet with undergraduates and young dentists. And I think that's because when we're still students, we just don't get that much exposure to what it's like treating children, working in the community dental services or becoming a prison dentist. But the breadth of skills you gain, the variety of patients you treat and the avenues of opportunity that these areas of dentistry open up to you make them all really interesting branches of our profession and certainly some which deserve clearer insight. So that's what we're going to do today. Both of my guests have lots of experience in these fields and some unforgettable stories to share. Welcome to Jinesh Thakra and David Drysdale. Jinesh graduated from Birmingham in 2015 and after dental foundation training and a dental core training post in Maxfax, he spent the last four years working various roles within the community dental service. Welcome Jinesh. Thank you very much, Andrea, for the lovely introduction and for having us, and we're looking forward to the podcast. It's great to have you with us. David qualified from Guy's Kings and St. Thomas's in 2008, and he's had a very varied career, including jobs in Maxfax, general practice, pediatrics, community, and is now a pediatric specialty registrar at Great Ormond Street Hospital and the Eastman. Hello, David. Hi, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Thank you both for joining us. You're both so interesting because from very different perspectives. I would say that your careers have been shaped by some of the experiences that you've had within the community dental service, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it. So let's start with you, Janesh. You joined the community dental service when you graduated, and you've now been there for going on four years. In my introduction, I mentioned that it's often difficult for students to understand what community dentistry is all about, but perhaps that wasn't the case for you. Did you have a full awareness of what it entailed? And with that, did you always intend to work within the CDS? So for me, actually, as an undergraduate, it, it wasn't something I'd actually considered and it wasn't a career pathway um, that, I, that I thought about. Um, my first actual VT job was within the community dental services, but that was because I, I not because I necessarily wanted to go and work within the community dental services at that time, but I really got on with the trainers and it was set up to mimic a general dental practice. But within that time, I had an opportunity to see some of the community work. So I had an opportunity to, to explore that avenue slightly. I then did a year of MaxFax um, and then I was at a crossroads within my career. I, I, I had another um, offer as a DT, DCT2 post um, for a max rectal again, which I wasn't too keen on doing. Um, there was then the option of going into practice and community was also thrown into the mix because of my exposure to it previously. Um, and my initial reasons of then transferring into community was to stay within a hospital trust and to help with the application potential progression into specialist training. But once I was there, I found I really enjoyed the community dental services and got a chance to be involved in so many different clinical areas of dentistry and um, hugely rewarding. So in some ways, it's I, I fell into it, but I'm really glad that I did. 
What do you think that it was about your experience with the community or your experience that you have now that you've enjoyed so much? So for me, it was um, helping vulnerable people access dental care. They normally have found really difficult to, to have. So you come home really feeling like you've made a difference to, to somebody's life and you get a lot of personal and professional satisfaction from the job. Um, often the community dental services is, is, is the last option for patients who have had difficulty accessing care and being there to listen and provide care for them is a, is a, is a great feeling. There really is a huge emphasis on a, on a team approach um, and there's lots of learning opportunities. I've had um, chances to work with uh, pediatric specialists, specialists in special care dentistry, oral surgeons. And through this, we've, we've uh, provided shared care and, and I've learned a lot um, through case discussions. And early on in my career, I found this uh, hugely beneficial. Secondly, there's, you get a really varied week. For me, that's, that's uh, hugely important. It's something I, I look for in, in, in my career. An opportunity to be involved in sedation, um, general anesthetic lists, domiciliary dental care, and also working within the prison as well. Um, after that, I, I, uh, I, I, from a dental officer, I progressed to a senior dental officer. Um, and there I got more involved in service development projects, creating links with other services, and having opportunity to manage and, and lead a team, so being in charge of clinics and teaching more junior colleagues. So it was a really eye-opening experience uh, for me, exposing me to a side of dentistry I'd never really considered or experienced before, but um, one I found hugely rewarding and, and gained a lot from. Yeah, that's a tremendous amount of variety, and particularly working in a prison. Now, that must have been quite a unique experience. What type of prison was it, and what was that like? Uh, so it was a category C uh, male prison. Um, and as you can imagine, having not experienced a prison before myself, uh, it was in it slightly anxious, slightly worried. Um, and there were so many different non-dental considerations also going through my head um, in terms of the instrument safety, are they all locked away? What are the uh, inmates going to be like? What is the security and are the staff going to be? Um, what are they going to be like? And how would you manage medical emergencies? Um, but sort of meeting the, the people within that environment um, all those sorts of fears were, were soon washed away really quickly. And it was actually a part of my week, which I, which I really, really enjoyed. A big reason for me for, for working within the prison, uh, prison services was uh, it enabled me to keep my clinical skills up. Um, it was set up just like a general dental practice with no UDA target per se. Um, and I really didn't want to de-skill, especially so early on in my career, which could be a potential risk working within the community dental services. Um, so the prison, uh, Prison dentistry really helped me keep up my speed, um, helping with my diagnosing, treating a variety of cases. And as you can imagine, there's, there's a high dental need there, uh, often with often uh, patients with poor mental health. So really got involved in, in doing lots of endos, extirpations, extractions um, and, and restorative work as well. So it's something I would really, really enjoyed. So if it's if you're doing all the kind of things that you would do in a normal general practice, how does that work? Is that still within the NHS? Is it like working in a practice with a normal UDA contract? Yeah, so it's it's, it's essentially like working um, in the NHS. Everything was mimicked and, and set up to be exactly the same. And all the care we provided was was it was in line with, with what you would expect um, for any other general dental practice providing NHS care to, to provide to, to these patients. Um, we were, of course, monitored on our activity, but it wasn't a heavy influence on it. So we didn't have that extra pressure uh, on top of us of needing to, to accumulate a certain number of UDAs, which was, which was quite nice, especially early on in my career. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, to be able to be working in that environment and not have the pressure of UDAs sounds sounds ideal to me. I mean, you mentioned that you felt quite anxious and worried about it at the start, but were those were those concerns were they warranted, or did you how did you find the experience in relation to that? And no, not at all. I mean, I think after the first day, everything uh, was very different to sort of what you'd imagined it to be. Um, the staff there were, were super help, super friendly, really helpful, um, very inviting. The inmates um, often really grateful for, for our help. Um, I found the prisoners often have a standoff relationship with the prison officers and to, to them, we're actually different. We're there to help them. We're not as, we're not there as necessarily as part of their, their, uh, their punishment, you say. Um, and so, it was really, really, um, they were really grateful for us. And it was all those sorts of concerns gone out the window. I never really felt threatened um, or had any aggressive patience. And do you think having like, the varied background that you did, the fact that you'd had the MaxFax experience, the fact that you'd been previously working within the community dental service, I mean, do you think that that helps you prepare for that environment at all? Um, I th- I'd say definitely both helped me prepare, but I wouldn't say it's, it was absolutely essential uh, to going into that environment. Um, there are a number of GDPs that, that do work part time in a prison. And I think a lot of what you what you do and how you manage uh, those types of patients is you pick it up and, and you develop whilst, whilst you're within that environment. Um, I do feel that the Max Faxia did give me that extra confidence in managing sort of more more complex um uh, conditions. If I ever saw a fra- fractured mandible, I was confident in knowing when to send it to hospital, what could be managed uh, within, the, within the services there. Um, it increased my confidence with extractions, having worked within MaxFax um, department for a year, and also managing medically compromised patients as well. Sure. David, your pathway into community happened two years after your experience as a, as a MaxFax SHO. What was it that attracted you to the role? At the time, um, if I re- rewind to being a, at, at dental school, I think we had like a community day um, where we shadowed a, a community officer, or sorry, dental officer, um, around sort of Lambeth or, or Suffolk, where it was. And I remember just quite enjoying that. I thought it was actually quite nice and quite varied. And so after I did MaxFax, I worked in Praxis um, part-time. And... Uh, so when I went to the corporate side, I didn't really have a good time there. And I wanted to do nice dentistry and I wanted to do um, very dentistry. And I remembered potentially the community was somewhere where I could do that. And so there was a job in Dorset and I applied for that job. And it was actually randomly, it was a, it was a locum band B, it wasn't a band A job. And I went there and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, fantastic. I mean, what was it if for someone who kind of has obviously really enjoyed community dentistry mm. how was it that you ended up leaving community dentistry to then apply as a special specialty registrar in pediatrics so i i loved community especially my first job um, in dorset um in the special care dentistry unit there and i i loved it um i loved especially treating the children and um being a, a band B, um, I realized, and I, I had a postgraduate qualification, I realized that I couldn't progress to band C without being a specialist. And so that was a decision what I had to, to make to leave the community to, again, 
progress my knowledge and progress my career by leaving. But that's the only reason I did leave um, because I because that again you get to your your sort of early thirties and you realise there is nowhere else to go. And so um, and because I love the job, I said I'll give it a go, and that's why I left. But if it wasn't for that, I would have stayed. So did you leave community to go straight into paediatric specialty training or did you have to take any other jobs? Yeah, so um, I treated loads of children in the community. Um, I treated them under local um, sedation and general anaesthetic. And um, so when I looked into applying for paediatric uh, training, I was told that I wouldn't pass long listing because the job didn't actually qualify or count as a paediatric job. So um, I went and spoke to a um, community, sorry, I spoke to a paediatric consultant to get some advice of, 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 of how to actually progress things. And she said I had to actually um, go and apply for a paediatric post to work as a, in the paediatric unit. And then I could actually apply for paediatric dentistry. You mentioned just now that you were told you would pass longlisting. And we hear a lot about ranking, but longlisting doesn't seem to come up as much. What's the difference? So with long listing, if I if I hopefully I, I get this right, with long listing, long listing uh, it's a certain criteria you have to to basically have. It's a bit a bit like having things on your CV before you can actually apply. So long listing is um, working for a period of time um, in a paediatric unit, um, having your MFDF exam or MJDF exam, um, having a publication, having a poster, doing an audit. Those things count towards long listing. So once you actually then have your interview depending on on how well you're doing your interview you're then given a ranking score and that ranking score will then um, decide where you end up because the issue of paediatric dentistry and I think the issue of many um, national recruitment jobs they're national so you may have um, one job in London three jobs in Birmingham one job in, in Scotland and depending on where you rank depending on where you where they actually put you Looking at your CV, I mean, it seems it's been like it's been a really long process between certainly between graduating and you going on this specialty training pathway. And the fact that, you know, you have a master's in paediatrics, you've got qualifications in sedation and special care. Did you think that you would end up on an academic pathway if you look back to that time when you were a student? No. So as a student, I I was um, I struggled. Um, <laughs> I think I did a few exams more than once. <laughs> I worked full time and I was also working um, financially as well as a, as a carer. Um, looking back, well, that's how I pay for dental school. It doesn't matter. Um, but when I was in the community, it, it, it was still um, a good time to actually, you could still do academic things. So you could still write. So I did my first paper on sedation while I was in the community, even though I had to retract it because it was really bad. But um, it was it was good practice. Um, I did my um, sedation qualification while I was in the community. Um, the problem I had with the community um, is you, you don't receive much formal training. So I was basically dealt, left to deal with all of these children with their complex needs and their traumas, et cetera, without any formal training. And that's why I actually decided to do the master's in pediatric industry to help me with that. Um, it wasn't necessarily to, to specialize. It was actually to help me do my, my day-to-day job. Um, and it gave me a lot of insight. And when I was doing the master's, it gave me um, access to a pediatric consultant as well. Um, and we used to discuss cases and it was really, really good. And I think it, it was on the back of doing the master's and doing quite well and wanting to go further and seeing all these children, I decided um, to then pursue things and, and specialise. 
So would you say that having that kind of career progression has been something that has obviously been important to you? And is that something that the community dental service provides compared to something like general practice? Oh, that's a bit controversial. Uh, yes, I. It, I think. It, I think wherever you work, I think if you've got a supportive boss, they'll support you to do whatever you want to do, regardless if it's the community hospital or general practice. And I've had um, very supportive bosses, even when I was in practice going towards community. Uh, my boss was very supportive of me to to, to try the community. Um, yeah, so there is a little bit of funding you can get in a community. It wasn't much. I think it was at the time I was there. I think it was only about. I don't know, £700 a year, but my master's cost £6,000 a year. So it was self-funded and I had to find the money to pay for it myself. But I think it's important that you um, try and do things to keep yourself interested in what you're doing. And that's why I did all those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so important. And what about after you've completed your specialty training? Is there the option to return to community as a specialist? 100%. Would I go back to Southampton Dorset? I, I would in a heartbeat. My life has changed somewhat, though, having children and a wife and other, other commitments. But um, I could easily go back and work as a specialist in community from what I'm doing. Fantastic. Jinesh, as someone who's still relatively early on in their career, what's been the benefit to you in choosing to be a community dentist? So for me, we we have long careers, or the way I see it, with where the retirement age is going higher and higher. So we're going to be working for a long time, and it's not always easy to figure out what aspect of of care you really enjoy. Um, during dental school, you get a little bit of experience in, in all different areas, but never really delve into anything. And for me, the benefit was working in a non pressured environment and somewhere where there was a lot of variety. Um, as David said with local sedation, general anaesthetic, really kept the job interesting. Um, and it, it gave me an opportunity to develop my skills through a really supportive environment, um, improving my team working skills, my management leadership skills, and my communication. Um, and, it, and it enabled me to explore options rather than really jump into something um, and then regret regret it potentially. Um, and also being being salaried helped helped me with uh, my with my mortgage as well. Um, I didn't have to show a few years of accounts, um, and so it helped me get the house where, which I'm currently talking to you from now, which is which is really helpful as well. So, yeah, there, there are lots of different different benefits of of working in a community a community dental services, and those were the main ones for me. One thing that I'm curious about, and Janesh, you alluded to it earlier, and so I'm interested to hear both of your thoughts on this is that when it comes to community dentistry, there's sometimes this idea that your clinical skills can become more focused. So you don't tend to see the same variety that you do in general practice. What do you think about that? It's, it's interesting you said about um, clinical skills in the community. Um, um, before I actually joined the community, um, a couple of my colleagues um, quipped that I'd, that I'd actually de-skill um, because of the people I'd see in the work I would do. Um, and... If I'm honest with you, I think it actually in- improved my skills. So I was quite lucky with the p- post I, I worked at. We had um, a private lab. Um, we had um, a we had rotary endodontics. Um, we had a surgical drill to do surgical extractions. So and these are things which I didn't have in, in general practice. So depending on where you go, you can actually have, have a, a really good time and actually do some really good dentistry. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, you always see your your colleagues doing all this aesthetic work on on Instagram, and you're constantly bombarded with it. And you sometimes think, is is the grass always is the is the grass always greener? Um, and I never really wanted to 
shut the door on, on any avenue. Um, I'm the sort of person that wants to, to explore different options and really find um, what I enjoy uh, first. And, and that's the reason I've, I've been involved in so many different things like the prison services to, to keep up my skills. Um, and, as, and as David has, has, has mentioned, that it's sort of what you put in and there's lots of community dental services out there which can provide you with, with opportunities to use rotary endos and use the surgical drill for extraction. So, um, yeah, keeping up my clinical skills is important and practice is something I, I definitely would consider moving into potentially part-time. Um, but I've also developed my interest in, in pediatric and managing pediatric patients like, like David has as well. So I found it's really just helped me become, I feel, an all-rounded uh practitioner um, and feel more confident at managing a lot of cases. And I, I would feel confident if I was to make that transition into practice, that I would be able to settle in reasonably comfortably as well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And often there is that misconception about shutting doors, but it's really just an old cliche, isn't it? That where one door closes, another or others open. And really in community, there is so much opportunity to gain so many skills. And in your case, David, I mean, you aim to build on some of those skills by moving into paediatrics, which is renowned to be a very competitive training pathway. How competitive was it for you when you applied? Um, very. The year that I applied, it was uh, 60 people applying for five jobs. And I think there were two jobs in London and I think five, I think three in the, three in the Midlands and one up north somewhere and um when i was applying i was told to apply everywhere because if you didn't apply everywhere it shows a lack of commitment to speciality and i said well i've got a wife and two kids now i, I can't go to liverpool it's the honest, honest truth and so i only put um the two london jobs down so when i went through the process and the process was very very difficult i had to go to leicester and stay in a hotel overnight because it's national recruitment um, it's a bit like The Apprentice. Um, they, you to, they walk you through in your suit and you do your interview. And it took a lot out of me. I remember it was my, my son's third birthday, <laughs> which I've missed because of doing this thing. But hey-ho, it is what it is. And I remember, um, so once my rank, I got my ranking and I passed, um, I, I benchmarked to get a job, but I hadn't benchmarked high enough to get a London job. And because I didn't want a job outside of London, I was put on a waiting list. And luckily, um, I managed to get a job because a job was converted from a registrar job for a consultancy to... So there's two different levels of registrar. There's ST1 and ST4. And so because I didn't fill the ST4 position, they turned into into an ST1 and offered it to me. So I, that's how I got my job in the end. But it was, it was very competitive. Yeah, that's interesting. So we've talked about the ability to diversify your skills in community, but what happens when you specialise? How does that affect the variety of work that you do? Um, paediatrics is a, I think, a misunderstood speciality. Um, I don't think people really know what we do and they think we just apply fluoride and use GIC. Um, I, the, the jobs are fantastic. Um, I do surgical um, mass superialization of cysts on 10 year olds. I do beautiful composite fillings. I do anterior work. I do anterior um, endo. I do open apex, close apex. I do work under, under these microscopes. I do sedation. I do GA. Um, I do IV sedation. Um, PEDS is a very varied specialty. And 
you will find something for you regarding if you're a cosmetic dentist you can do cosmetics if you love endodontics if you're restorative um if you love sedation there is something for everyone in, within pediatrics um it's a very varied job and it's actually increased um the level of dentistry i do and it's quite interesting because um certain things as a as a gdp and as a community dentist i took i took for granted again i take for granted maybe doing like a like an anterior composite and it's only now i know how to do a beautiful anterior composite because we have to make them look beautiful for the children um and you learn that from the input they they put into you as a registrar so peds has got something for everybody um, I, I completely agree with, with David. Um, I think in, as an undergraduate, PEDS is something you don't really get an opportunity to experience um, properly. You, you're often seeing patients just for one, one more visit um, and you don't really get an opportunity to build a rapport with them and an opportunity to see them through a treatment and, and see them grow in confidence and, and accept treatment. Um, and having worked within the community dental services and had lots of experience in managed pediatric pediatric patients I find it one of the most enjoyable parts of of my day um it's it's great fun seeing a kid sort of grow in confidence come back to see you happy to see you and, and accept treatment which they would you would never have thought when they walked in walked in the door um so I definitely think it is an avenue that people people should consider and there's a lot more to what you what you see as an undergraduate in, it was Durafat and GIC, wasn't it? It literally was. And it was screaming kids and like, oh, I and I, I always dreaded having a kid in the chair. And when I started community dental services, that was the one thing I was like, no, no, I can't do it. And then you just get more and more experience and, and it's it's fun. It's it's a good laugh, actually. And you can always have a laugh and a joke with them, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's really something you need to properly experience to understand. And the other thing that you don't really learn about, given that we're talking about variety, is this mix of places that you can work. And David, you work on two different sites, Great Ormond Street and the Eastman. How do those sites vary? So at the Eastman, the Eastman is about the dentistry. And the Eastman is about producing beautiful dentistry. Um, it's about anomalies. It's about trauma. It's about treating well children. Um, under sedation, local anesthetic, um, or in the chair. Um, at Great Ormond Street, Great Ormond Street is about looking after the child. So at Great Ormond Street, we treat sick children and provide them with dentistry. So those children may have um, epidemiolosis bullosa, so that's a skin disease, where if you use a suction in their mouth, you could basically suck off their mucosa, or you could sit, suck their lip or cause a blister. Um, we treat cancer children where, um, because of, the, the, the cancer treatment, their neutrophils are so low, they, they could die from a dental infection. So those are children we treat at Great Ormond Street. So the, the work is very, very varied between both sites. And so both sites come together quite nicely to, to make me quite rounded. I mean, you and I, we've known each other for a long time now. And I remember when you were doing your MaxFax SHO jobs, and I remember us having a conversation about whether or not you were going to take MaxFax further down that pathway. And, and you said that actually the amount of oncology experience that you had and dealing with those patients, those oral cancer patients whose survival rate wasn't great, you found that a very difficult part of the job. So I'm, I'm interested to know, I mean, as someone who's the father of two small children, has working with children with life-altering conditions at Great Ormond Street Hospital, has that had any emotional challenges for you? And has that differed at all from treating children in the community? Um, yes. So 
in the community, I saw lots of children who had um, sort of autism, um, who had um, challenging behaviour. Um, where at Great Ormond Street, I treat children, some of which are dying. So the, the case mix is very different. Um, I try not to take my job home with me, um, but sometimes you do. I'm only human. Um, the hardest time for me was um, when my wife was pregnant with our second child. And um, I'd seen some children who had had difficult um, births and the aftermaths of those births or were born prematurely. And so being a father of an unborn child, there was a lot of worry. Um, especially, I remember once, um, I think the day before, my, my wife was due to have a caesarean, I saw two children who'd, who had cerebral palsy. And I said, I'm thinking, oh dear, I shouldn't really be here today, should I? But it is what it is. I still lots of after those children and I did the best I could. Um, there, there is, a, there is, a, is there a price to pay for working at Great Ormond Street? I think there is. Um, but in terms of working at the best children's hospital in the world, there's nothing like it. So um, I try not to take it home all the time. Yeah, it's pretty unique, isn't it? Because on one hand, it does sound very challenging. And yet on the other, it, it must be incredibly fascinating. I mean, you're working with people who are at the top of their game and you get to see things that the rest of us are only ever going to read about in textbooks and papers. And I imagine it must be a real privilege to work in that environment and to be doing what you're doing. But of course, there are, there are personal costs, and particularly if you have a family. And I really appreciate how honest you've been about that. And I know that training can be an intense time with a heavy workload. And obviously, that will naturally impinge on family time. I came into specialising um, a little bit later. Um, and I think if you're married with kids, um, you need to consider is it for you? Um, it's for me, and I love what I do, and I've never not looked forward to going to work. I, 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 I've worked hard to get here, and I, and I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have it. If I could do it again, I would do that the same. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So on that note, I mean, what would you say to anyone listening who has been inspired to consider a pathway into paediatrics? Have an open mind to it. If you like, if you like children... <laughs> and you want to produce beautiful work and you like or surgery and you like restorative and you like management under different way like sedation and general anesthetic, um, seriously consider doing peace. Janesh, if you could summarize the most important things about community that you wish more student dentists or new graduates understood, what do you think they would be? I would say it's not an, an avenue of dentistry I would disregard because there are so many non-clinical areas you can you can learn and develop as an individual. Um, as we've touched on before, uh, it doesn't mean that you need to de-skill. Um, there are so many opportunities within the community dental services that that, that allow you to train in, in different areas, um, such as IV sedation or doing more advanced restorative work. Um, and often it's and with anything really and any aspect of dentistry it's what you put into there and that and opportunities you seek out as well um but it is it is an area of dentistry where if you do put if you are if you are passionate and you want to pursue different uh, avenues you can do and you will you will have people there to, to help guide you 
Um, and finally, I, I really found it's just a great team atmosphere with a huge level of, of job satisfaction. There really is a, a big emphasis of, of working collectively for the patient and providing uh, a holistic care for them. Um, and so, yeah, those are probably the main main things I'd, I'd uh, summarize for, for undergraduates. I think that's great. I mean, it's been so fascinating to hear about the variety of work that you've both been involved with. And I'm pretty sure as a student, I certainly had no idea about the opportunities available to you, certainly through the community and the incredible work that you get to be a part of within paediatrics. In fact, I think I think you two have made me think that uh, perhaps I should have explored a different path. One of the most important points for me from our conversation is this idea that committing to a specific pathway or specialty is sometimes it's viewed as that you're closing certain doors. But the reality is that it opens up an array of completely new ones, some of which we're often completely unaware of. And that brings me to the end of this episode. Thank you so much to my guests, Jinesh Thakra and David Drysdale, for sharing your journeys with us. Thank you very much, uh, Andrea, for having us. I would really enjoyed this podcast and I learned a lot from David and it's uh, it's amazing to hear his experiences too. And I hope this is uh, beneficial for, for undergraduates and, and new graduates as well. Thank you very much and bye-bye. Um, thank you, Andrea, for having me. Um, it's been amazing. Again, specialising has been the best thing I've done so far um, throughout my career. But at each stage of my career, I've always enjoyed what I've done. Um, and it's all about investing in yourself and enjoying what you do. Thank you. This is Chairside, Conversations on Careers in Dentistry, a podcast for the British Dental Association. If you like this episode, please check out the others in this series. And to find your perfect job in dentistry, head over to bdjjobs.com.